Hey everyone, welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. and my passion is seeing you experience life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the Unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Podcast. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. Today, my guest is Lisa Collum. Lisa, how are you? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on the program. Now, Lisa, I I could tell folks what you do, but I like my guests to tell the community, the Unstoppable community, what they do, because you can tell it in a way I can't tell it. So share with this community, what is it that you do? Okay. So first I'm a mom. I always start with that. I have four (laughs) kids. I have a 16 year old, a 13 year old, a 10 year old and a five year old. Wow. And yeah. So that's first job. And then I am the author and owner of top score writing. So that is a nationwide curriculum program. We work with schools all over the nation, um, giving the teachers curriculum to use teachers and parents to teach students how to write. So whether that's essay writing, research paper writing, um, any type of writing, getting their thoughts and ideas on paper. Okay. And then I'm also the owner of Coastal Middle and High School, which is my nonprofit private school that serves students locally. Oh, okay, great, great. So has writing always been a passion of yours? Talk to me about the writing. Let's talk about writing, then we'll go into the school. Is, is, has so, writing always been a passion of yours? Believe it or not, no. Okay. But teaching has. Okay. I, my parents and friends still tell me stories from the time I was five years old, teaching stuffed animals in my bedroom at all times, like full on school. I was dead serious. I had worksheets. I had grade books. <laughs> I played school all my life, even so much. When I was in high school, I wasn't playing school. I wasn't that weird, but right. I did have a chalkboard and I would study by teaching. So I would be talking just out loud, but I would study by writing it out and teaching it. And I even tell my own kids now, that's the best way to learn. If you can explain it and teach it, you know, you know it. So I go into teaching when I'm 21, super excited. I'm right out of college. And I end up at the lowest title one F school in my district. It just happened to be by my college. But I'm pumped. I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm going to go in. I've been waiting for this since I was like five. And the principal says, we're going to put you in fourth grade and you're going to be in charge of writing. We're going to have a reading teacher, a writing math, and then science and social studies was kind of spread out between three of us. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm a teacher. I can teach anything. I said, just give me the curriculum. Um, I'll study it. I will make this work. I'm going to make it fun for the kids. And my principal looked at me and said, well, here's the thing. There's really no curriculum for writing. And I was like, well, the reading teacher has like 25 boxes. The math teacher has, I'm sure, like 50. I keep seeing all these curriculum kits. And she's like, yeah, there's some workbooks on grammar, some workbooks on writing paragraphs. But there was nothing that I could follow day to day that, you know, each lesson was building and activities. There was nothing like that. So kind of went into panic mode. This was 17 years ago, and um, it came from that really working at that school, 
um, in that situation where I saw the need and had to come up with a way on my own. And 10 years later, after doing that for 10 years and coming up with a way that so it, it worked so well, I got every single student to pass and the state investigated me two years in a row because they didn't believe wow. that those kids at that school could do that. And then um, I ended up coming up with top score writing. So that's really how writing kind of fell into my life and yeah. um, became my thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, we've been talking about this over the last couple episodes that everyone either stumbles onto a niche or finds their niche or, you know, your love was education, your love was teaching. And within that, it sounds like that's where you really found, all right, then this is what I'm going to do. Um, and, and it sounds like you, 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 you happened on it kind of unexpectedly, like everyone else has a curriculum. How come I don't have one? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It just was a need. And it kind of like almost, I don't know if it made me mad, but it was like, I, I was frustrated as a teacher, but I was always frustrated. I was also frustrated that the kids weren't given the opportunity. Yeah. So I kind of went into like, okay, you're not going to give it to me. Then I'm going to make something up that works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but that, that works because I had just read something uh, um, from Ryan Halliday's book, uh, Ego is the Enemy. And one, one chapter and they was talking about, I don't know if you're familiar with, with football. I'm a big football guy, Bill Walsh. Um, he walked into the 49ers. Uh, this is back before they became a dynasty. They were they only won two games and lost 14. They were terrible. And just three years later, he won the Super Bowl. And people asked him, did you expect this to happen? And did you have a program for it? His ego could have said yes, but he was totally honest. He said, no, I, I saw where I stumbled onto something. And I just made sure that we took care of the details. And once we took care of the details on how to do things, then we were successful, you know? And it sounds like you said, okay, we're going to take care of the details of writing, take care of the details of teaching is what I do, but within teaching, you know, I found something, something great. And, and you've built from that, right? You, you, you built on that. Yeah. So the craziest part is I kept teaching and I became like a, a writing coach where I was like helping multiple teachers. Then I became like a district specialist where that was even cooler. Cause I got to work with like the 25 lowest schools in my whole district. So then I was like teaching everyone the ways that I was using. And we were just seeing the increase in scores and the kids passing. And then it kind of became like, who is this lady and what is everyone doing? Yeah. And by then I'm 10 years in, I'm on my third kid. I completely leave my district and take a job teaching virtual school. This was like pre COVID virtual school, like <laughs> for real virtual school, like a long time yeah. ago. And, um, I take this job and everyone starts calling me and emailing me and says, where'd you go? We need that stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I left. I had another baby. I'm working from home now. Like, you know, yeah. I I'm out of yeah. the district and they're like, no, can you like write it down? Like we need to get this. We will buy it. And I was the first thing I said, I'll never forget is, oh no, I am not a business person. I know nothing. I am a hundred percent an educator. There's no way in this world I can sell you anything yeah. because it's not even like you could sell, you know, it just on the side of the road with cash. I, it was, I needed to be a vendor. Like it was with the district. Right, and so right. I shot it down. Like I laughed and said, no way. Well, they kept after me. And after a few weeks, I thought, well, maybe it won't be so hard. So I Googled, how do you start a business in Florida? I followed all the steps, came up with a name. And all of a sudden, I've got this business. And now I'm like, I'm working full time. Yeah. 
writing these lessons, making these binders at night with my kids on the floor and I'm shipping out in the mornings and people are like, you know, we need to get a purchase order. And I'm like, what's a purchase order? And I'm Googling, how do you do a purchase order? (laughs) And so when I say I literally built it, not only from scratch, but I was a teacher, my husband was a teacher. We literally had like a hundred dollars left over every month to spend. I think we made 35,000 each. And I took that hundred and printed two binders and then sold those and then printed four binders. And that's how I built it. And now 10 years later, I'm a nationwide multimillion dollar company. And I'm still like, I figured it out along the way, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, and, and that's, and, and you are, the story is blessing somebody because a lot of times people think it's overnight. A lot of times people think that they can't start something completely organically. Um, and you did, you, you, you did, you made the sacrifice and you did. And, and someone listening, you can too, you know, find that niche and be good. Now I have to say this, tell me about the importance of, and I, I want you to speak on it because we, you didn't put out just anything product. You, you put out a product that was done in excellence. Talk about the importance of, of producing something done in excellence and, and really taking your time and not just producing junk. Right. So, and that's, that's an important part of it because yeah, I think I always said one hundred percent stop wondering if just start it, but also make sure you have something good to give. Right. We just don't want to start to start it. So for me, I knew the need. I knew as a teacher, these teachers needed lessons. Um, I knew they needed simple, like not six pages. So I went in and started writing them just as I would want as a teacher if I was in the, if I was still in the classroom. So I was writing them out. Um, I did it on Microsoft Word, nothing fancy. Um, I always had my husband or someone else look at them, put them in a binder. So yes, it was a great product. Was it um, the most fancy I could have went? You know, no, I didn't put it in a book. I didn't make special covers. I started out in these simple binders, but I did make sure it was something that was good, worth it, and something that could um, fill that void that the teachers were having from not having a writing curriculum. Yeah, yeah, you took care of the details. (laughs) Yeah, and and, and I I always have one like over time, yes, now I have books and um, I I have a print shop, but that took years. People bought binders for four years. Yeah. And so, you know, I, and I just did it out of my living room and, and, and worked my full-time job, why I built this for four full years yeah. um, before I did it full-time. So talk about how, how did you make it this unstoppable program? So I like to talk about some of the obstacles you may have had. Um, what are some of the things you had to press through? I know <clears throat> there are always moments, quiet moments, where sometimes we question ourselves and question what we're doing. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking with you. I'm right there with you. I, I know how you feel. There are moments where you're questioning, what am I doing? Why am I taking this last hundred dollars that me and my husband have? How did you push through those things? What kind of mindset did you have to have? How did you handle setbacks? Yeah, I could probably talk for like three hours on all the setbacks. As a <laughs> business owner, you know that it's, it's, yeah. that's probably the hardest part is not knowing that those were coming, which is why I tell everyone who's even interested in a business that those failures, I always say your failures are your lesson learned, are your lessons learned and your lessons learned are your steps closer to success. Cause I feel like I would never be in the position I am today if I didn't go through all those setbacks and failures and challenges. And for me, you know, it starts with 
I was always in this um, unsure about the risk. I was a mom. I had two kids and I had the third. And then I went on to have a fourth in the midst of starting my business. Um, And it's always that, do I put my last hundred dollars in? Do I take the risk of printing 20 binders? Um, Do I have a fourth baby? Like even in that debate of, do I want to have a fourth baby? I knew I want another one, but I thought I have a a whole business now. Like Mm -hmm. I'm working full-time all day in a business but I've always said to myself, I'm not choosing. I'm not choosing between being a mom and running a business or working. I always said that from the beginning. I was right. going to do both. And so I think that was always my first challenges. But then it started to move into things I never even knew. I'm 28 at the time. I'm walking in these big rooms trying to sell curriculum. People are looking at me like, who is this? Who does she think she is? Where did she even come from? She's got a binder. And it's trying to prove myself. I knew my product worked. I knew for a fact I could have given them a hundred teachers' names and phone numbers, which is what I did most of the time. But that having to prove myself sitting in those big meetings at districts was very hard. And I never spoke up for myself in the beginning. I sat in my chair. I let people question, say that it was, you know, too much of a formula type writing. Um, Just I just sat there. I didn't say anything. And so it was a lot of me and they created that self-doubt Let me Mm -hmm. back up a second. So what they did when they, when they started questioning, I started to question myself, Mm -hmm. like maybe they're right. Maybe my product's not good. Maybe it's not going to work. Maybe it is too structured. And I let that happen a lot in the beginning, so much so that there were many times I thought maybe I should just go back to teaching. This is, this is just too much of people hating too much of risk and it, it was a lot. And then you have the people that in trainings, when I'm in front, straight up raise their hand and are like, what exactly is this? And and who are you? Yeah. You know, and so it's just the constant questioning. And so for me, it was always sticking to my mission and believing in my product. Mm-hmm. I knew it worked. I knew yeah. that you could give me the the school, the kids that you said were low performing and couldn't do it. And I could promise you, you could get them to write. And so I just kept sticking to, I'm going to give this in the teacher's hands because I know it works, but I want to impact these kids. And I just, that's really what I just kept reminding myself of. And, you know, I always tell this story because it was probably the the greatest thing that ever happened. But in my second year, uh, one of the biggest school districts I worked with banned me from working with them, sent out a memo and said, you cannot purchase from top scoring, 99% of my sales first years was from this county and they banned me. Um, well, who, who, did, who, who, did you, who did you rub the wrong way? Exactly. It was just one of those things where people felt like, you know, there was competition and the districts yeah. wanted their way. And, you know, yeah. whatever the reason was at that moment, I told everyone, I'm just going to have to end top score writing. And I remember talking to a principal and she said, just go to another county. And I said, I don't even know what I'm doing in this county. I just live here and it works for me. I said, but I don't even know how to market. I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. And she goes, just go to another county, email and call them, done. Forget about this county. And I did that. And I got another county deal two weeks later. That county deal turned into two more county deals. And within a month, I was in 10 more counties that I would have never, ever even tried to be in if that county didn't ban me. And I grew after that year and, and took over most of the state of Florida within the next two years, all because of that one time that I got banned. So it was the best thing ever. Two years later, 
they lifted the ban and I was back in the county, but yeah. that huge hurdle or challenge um, that caused me to pivot and just keep going. I always say, don't let it stop you. Just pivot and keep yeah. going yeah. is the whole reason I'm, I'm sure I am where I am today. I love that story. I, I, I love it. I, I love it. Um, you know, I, I know that you're a, a devout Christian as I am. And we know um, what Paul says, and if you're not a believer, just hang on in there. We'll, we'll get through this in a minute. Paul says, and uh, even throughout the scripture, it says, what the devil, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for good. And so uh, sometimes we have to thank God for for the banning. Thank God for making things uncomfortable that make us leave where you just said you were comfortable. You were home. That was your county. You knew the schools. You knew the people. But you would have never expanded to where you are if it had not been for something at the time that seemed like, well, I guess this is over. And so whoever we're talking to, whoever we're speaking to, um, you know, don't 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 give up because one door was shut. You know, and that's that's it. Yeah. Stay persevering. Keep showing up. Lisa kept showing up multi-million dollar business now because she kept showing up. I love that. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's funny to think about it, you know, later, of course, but in the time you feel like it's the end of the world. Yeah. But. All of the, every time I think of a big moment that was a challenge or a failure or something, a big hurdle, yeah. now I can see how that moment is the whole reason I am where I am today. Now I see that, right? We don't wow. see that. Of course, that's God's plan and all. He's like, yeah, I got it. Don't worry. It all worked yeah. out. Yeah. But in the midst of it, you're like, oh my gosh. And I think that um, even now, like I'm in the midst right now, like I'm dealing with the state of Florida's changing with a lot of uh testing changes. Sure. And now we're pivoting again. And now we're on like this huge mission to go to other states. And I feel like I'm in this uneasy area again, but I know now it'll all work out and yeah. it'll be better. I've just got to get through this and just yeah. pivot and keep going. So yeah. I think it's just a matter of that mindset of knowing yeah. it's coming, pivot, yeah. right. keep going. I, I love that you're, that we're talking about pivoting. I, I, I love that uh, unstoppable people are able to adapt. They're able to pivot. Bruce Lee says, be like water, you know, whatever you, you have to pivot, you have to adapt. You, you've got to, you've got to uh, be able to still be effective and make an impact in the changing times. You know, you can't right. just stay there and say, I'm not changing. Okay. Cause things are changing around you. That's you it. Know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, through the whole process, it's, it's funny because so much, you know, it's, I always joke when I, whenever I'm speaking about my business and stuff, I'm like, you know, the haters like come out of the woodworks, like people you didn't even expect. <laughs> I had people stealing my curriculum. I had people rewriting it, putting their name on it. And yeah. it was, you know, I think it's just those times where you could just give up or be down though. It's just, again, it's like, yeah. you just, you got to keep moving. It is what yeah. it is. You know, everyone's not going to support you. Everyone's not going to see your vision, but yeah. you've got to stick to that. I still, I'm going into 11 years and I still say, I know it works for kids and I know kids need this and I'm done. Like yeah. if you don't like it or, or don't see it, that's fine. I'm going to keep going with that. And that's another thing. Believe in your product, believe in your service. You believed in it. You know, you didn't let anybody tell you why it didn't work. You didn't, you, didn't, you weren't, you weren't shaken or, or shook by the haters or, or, you know, 
people stealing your stuff, it's terrible, but people don't steal trash. They're stealing it because it works. <laughs> and you know what? Someone told me there's millions of people in the world. So if two of them want to steal it, yeah, sell the other one. Like it's, you can't let that one or two people that are messing with things, you know, try to take you down. Cause if you let it, if you think too much about it, it will, yeah. it'll turn your, your, your whole mindset upside down and you'll start worrying about that. And, and, and I've just learned, I don't worry about anything. Mm-mm. I don't, I just, that's no. not, no. I am. That's just my thing. I always say, I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm just going to pray about it and move on. Cause I don't want, that's just life. And what they cannot steal is your community and who you're serving. They can't steal that. Let's talk about this high school you or the school you started. Coastal yes. Middle High. Is that what it's called? Middle and high school, yes. Middle and high school. All right, there's two things I want to talk about. One thing is this. I got grandkids and my mom was in education 39 years and writing and all this kind of stuff. And, and um, my daughter's doing a great job. They're not teaching kids cursive writing anymore. Did, did I hear that? Uh, yeah. yeah. So. It depends on the school. Most public schools have taken it out. Um, however, many states are redoing their standards right now, and they're supposed to be bringing it back because they realize that was probably not a good idea. Um, yeah. Because you have all these high schoolers who can't sign checks, <laughs> so sign or can't sign a contract. Right. You know, no one. At the very least, you got to know how to do your signature. So yeah, um, yeah, that happened a few years ago, and so we got was this that? group of kids because. It's the same thing that's kind of happening with writing. This is what I think in general, because we're moving into this digital world yeah. and everyone's texting and typing, which is fine. But even if you're typing a letter or an essay, you still got to know the process of writing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can't take that away. And when it comes to cursive, you still have to sign contracts and different things. So we can't entirely take this stuff away. So, you know, the state, the states in general tend to make quick decisions and then they always and, and I don't know why it's, it's it's just dumb stuff. There's no reason to take cursive writing out of our educational. There's so many other things you could take out, but don't take out cursive so writing. Exactly. There's yeah. so many other things that they will never, ever, ever use in life. Yeah. You know, thank corny. you for saying that. Thank you for saying yeah. that. <laughs> and that's one reason why I bought my school. Let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> so tell me about your school. Let's, let's talk. Let's just dive into that. Tell me, tell me about your school. So you're very successful in the writing part. You saw some, some things in the educational system that you just, you know, no, it's not working. And you took these kids or uh, these young men and women that, that weren't doing well there. And you started, tell us about the process. Tell us who you serve. Who does your school serve? Okay. So the school story on the, the backside of it. So the school itself has been open for over 40 years. I took over five years ago. Okay. But the story behind it is 18, 19 years ago, my brother, who's younger than me, was in high school. He was never a school kid, always skipping. He ends up dropping out of high school. And my mom finds this little hole in the wall private school. I'm teaching at the time. She's telling me I found it. I'm going to put him there. It looks great. This guy and his wife run it. So a few months in, all I keep hearing is how much my brother loves his school, how he okay. never misses a day. This is the kid that skipped every day. Right. Um, he's begging for summer school. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I am going to go find out what this place is. So I drive <laughs> there. Yeah. The guy running it is about maybe 70 at the time and um, him and his wife and all the kids like have their feet kicked up. 
everyone, like no one's in like any type of school dress code or anything. Like I'm used to the public school. The guy's up there sitting on his desk talking and everyone's paying attention and engaged. And I'm like, whoa, this is some, I love it, but it's weird. Right. Like I love the vibe of everyone's just listening. Like there's no, like, I don't like classrooms when they're dead quiet. Right. I don't feel like that's learning. This was engaging. They're talking and they they were talking something about history. And I forgot what the topic was. And I remember thinking, I sat there and I thought, wow. And I talked to him after and he said his, his daughter or his son was struggling. So him and his wife started this. They grew it from one kid to three kids to, there were 80 kids at the time. Wow. And um, he's telling me about, it's kind of the the misfits, the, 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 the kids that everyone says are so bad, quote unquote bad. And, um, I walked out and before I went out the door, I turned around and I said, when you don't want this anymore, call me. And he called me the next week and he said, why don't you start coming in every once in a while? Cause I'd like to get you familiar with this. Yeah. Well, for 10 years, 10 years, I went there every other month or so. I went to all their graduations, yeah. got familiar with the school. And then in the fourth year of me, um, doing top score writing, my first business. Yeah. It had just taken off nationwide. I had my fourth baby. She was six weeks old. Um, I quit my full-time job to do top score writing full-time. And he calls that week and says, I'm closing the school. If you want it, you can buy it. Wow. <laughs> he said, I have, wow. I have no kids. You got to start from scratch, but it's yours if you want. And I was like, um, this is not the best time. Um, but I want that school. Yeah. I refuse to let that go. So I bought it and I said, I'm not going to do anything with it for a couple of years. I, I'm crazy busy right now. Yeah. Well, within two days, two parents call crying. My son got kicked out of this school. He's a really good kid. He just got caught up in the wrong crowd. Can you please, please yeah. take him? I'm like, I never say no to anything like that. So I'm like, yep, yep. We're open. We're good. So I started part-time and I went from one to seven to 10 and my max is 50. That's kind of where I've decided I want to be. And so we've been at 50 since a few months in. And so basically we're sixth through 12th grade. We're very small. I keep it at 50 for a reason. Yeah. Every kid comes to me with a story and I don't want myself or my teachers to ever forget that story. So if they come in and they put their head down one day, but we know that maybe they don't have electricity at home or maybe um, they're, they're living in a foster home, we need to remember that they're probably coming in because they were up all night, yeah, right? Because they maybe didn't have electricity or couldn't take a shower. Or if they come in and they're angry, maybe it's because we know one of the parents are a drug addict and maybe they've gotten into a fight with them. And so we remember, I don't want their stories to get lost. And so we keep our classes 15 max, 10 to 15. And it's all the kids. I can't even put it under one word. It's just what, for whatever reason, regular school is not working. Yeah. They come to us. They may have dropped out. They may have all F's. They may have been bullied. They may um, have anxiety because a lot of high schools have two, 3000 kids. They come to us. We're small nurturing family. So though, you know, I get the call from the other assistant principals, other schools say, Oh, you're getting so-and-so, you know, he got this many fights and threw a chair off the balcony and watch out. And and I'm not worried about it. So they come, I have a come to Jesus meeting with them at first and then they go to class and they do fine. They're never a problem, but you just, 
and I don't blame the other schools. They're big. The public school system, you know, there's a lot that needs to be changed. I don't blame those schools, those teachers, but we're able to take them, talk to them, individualize instruction, do lots of projects. Like if you're not good at tests, present it to me, do a project. All kids do not learn the same. I don't know why we keep putting them in one box. You know? I totally agree. So, I, I am listening to you in 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 all, you know, um, because all kids don't learn the same, and we just keep, you know, from you know from from high school to penitentiary. There's a nice pipeline going on, <laughs> you know. And you know what? They keep pushing kids along. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pushing them along and setting them up for failure. And I'm looking at these seniors who can't write, can't do math, and you're just going to graduate them. Yeah. And think they're going to be successful and not get in trouble. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just the system. I, I, that's a whole nother story, but you know. (laughs) Hey, hey, Lisa, have you thought about franchising? Maybe we'll talk about that off the air. We'll talk about it off the air. Maybe, you know, this is right down my, 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 uh, let's, let's talk about franchising. (laughs) The impact is so much. And I, the reason I, I see, I mean, it's just amazing to see these kids. I mean, I had a mom last year when the student graduated, her and the summer crying, saying, we just never, ever thought we'd see this day because every teacher said he was so bad, he was never going to graduate. And he was, he was fine. Was he easy? No, we had to have a lot of conversations, but it was nothing, you know, and once they know you're there for them and you understand them, um, just a whole other side comes out. And, but I will say it's a lot of, okay, you're not good at um, taking a test, then let's do a project. Oh, you don't want to present? Okay, can you put it on a poster? And then explain it to me one-on-one instead of in front of the class. Like there's a lot of, you got to figure out the best way those kids learn and allow them to show it that way. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, this whole only take a test all the time isn't going to work for every kid. No, just the word test, just the word test. Yeah. The word test will create anxiety. For sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, especially now. I mean, kids are like, what, what, I have a test? Yeah. And so I just, like, I always say even in my other business, like when the state test comes, I said, I don't even want to hear about state tests. I just want you to show off your skills. That's it. You're yeah. working on it all, all year. Show off your writing skills. End of story. Yeah, yeah. I think what you're doing is wonderful. I, I You are truly unstoppable. Um, you know, thank you for, for serving the way you serve, you know, and um yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. I like to ask a question before I, I close out with my guests. The question is for you, Lisa, and we haven't prepped. So this is straight off here and this will be straight from the dome. Um, if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world, where would it be and what would it say? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. I think... I think the thing that I always want to, that I would want to put on a billboard that I always say to everyone is, um, is something along the lines of like, just go for it and don't stop. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. That's like my, my two big things I always say, because everybody I talk to always says, but what about this? Or it's not the right time. Or I don't know if it's going to work. Or what do people say about this? And I was like, just go for it. And then once you're doing it, just don't stop. Yeah. Just keep going around and like that. So yeah. where I put it, oh goodness. I, anywhere that would take it so I could impact those people. I don't have a specific place. Um <laughs> I'm I'm I mean, 
you know me in Florida, I like yeah. my sunny, warm weather. So maybe yeah. I put it there. But I think if that's my message that I could say to anybody, because, you know, especially other women or other just parents in general, like, I feel like we're always in this torn, we don't think we can do things because we have kids and we can't be good parents. And everyone's just got to, we have one life. You just got to live it to the fullest and just go for it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's fine. Try something else. Yeah. We're always worried about the rest of the world. Like I joke, I'm like, I have the kids, I have the businesses. I'm, I have a pig and chickens. I'm trying to start a farm and everyone thinks I'm crazy. And I'm like, I don't care. Okay. I'm, I'm living life to the fullest. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You are truly unstoppable. I hope you guys have heard this and listened to this. Go for it. Go for it. You are definitely um, our kind of people here on this, this unstoppable program. Thank you for just giving us this 25, 30 minutes of your time and pouring into yes. us and, and pouring into me and, and, and pouring into this program. And um, where can where can we find you? Where, where can the community find you? They might have some questions when it comes to your writing curriculum or even your school. And like I said, I, I do want to talk to you in a couple, you know, off air, talk about franchising, yes. you know. So yes. how, how can folks find you? Yep. So my, uh, my handle for everything, Instagram, Facebook is Lisa column CEO. So L I S A C O L L U M CEO. And then my website is just Lisa column.com, but through social media, I'm really good about getting back on messages. Um, I am always posting about mom tips and business tips. And then of course my, my businesses, um, are all linked on there as well. So feel free to, um, contact me anytime. Thank you, Lisa, for being on the program. Yes, thanks for having me. Guys, we thank you for listening. I realize there's 2 million podcasts in the world. 2 million, 2 million. But you listen to this one today. I don't count that a light thing. And I'm sure Lisa doesn't either. So <laughs> thank you for stopping by, guys. Listen, go to my website, ralphandralphgravesjr.com. Pick up my book, Unstoppable. Um, join the Unstoppable community. But most of all, you guys just stay at it. Keep persevering. And let's be unstoppable together. I'll see you guys next time. God bless. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this unstoppable conversation. I want to make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week, we record these conversations live on Fireside. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. If you want to join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Every week I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.